millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome along to a super special, non-mortar, canon, non-canon episode of Ready Player Two. This is like, a, we're slipping this in, like we're lubing it up and slipping it in in the middle of all the episode numbers, so theoretically, I think it's like episode 59 or something, mm-hmm. actually, if we're really counting, it's probably like 70 something now, but uh, we, uh, we're not going to give this a number because we're not really sure how many it's going to be, but we went to EGX um, this weekend, and it was myself and Mr. Lewis, Lewis Knight, Oh, sorry. Were you were you talking to me then? That was really yeah. That because because you know that's your name. And unfortunately, none of the other regular Ready Player Two podcasters could make it because life. So we dragged around some random dude that we've, that we've never met before, uh, and that was Mr. Lee Hodgson. Say hello, Lee. No, that's what Louie did. No. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> good, great, well, good intro to the podcast. Well done. Right, this is Lee. Um, Lee has actually been on some of our YouTube videos before. We never released them, but... Well, I think we released <laughs> one of them. There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one or more. He's been on uh, He's been on stuff. Anyway, um, so he's a long-time, long-time listener, first-time waffler. And uh, and he had the, would I call it... Honour? Pleasure. An honour, yeah, I think it's an honour and a pleasure of listening to the podcast while he was driving towards EGX. Then he picked up me and Lewis, and then me and Lewis were just chatting to each other in the back of the car, and he was sat in the front going, this is like a live podcast. Yeah, it was surreal. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bizarre. And then it got a bit weird. And then, and then I then put the podcast on. Yeah, and then it then it was all it was all weird from there. So right, listen, this is what we're gonna do, boys. The crack for this podcast is we've got a long ass list of stuff that we saw at this year's EGX. Now if you've not seen EGX, if you don't know what it is, it used to be called Eurogamer. I believe it's the biggest games expo in the UK. It's not the biggest in Europe, I think Gamescom is the biggest in Europe. Mm-hmm. But certainly in the UK, it's the biggest games expo. It's getting bigger after every year. It used to be at Earl's Court, but we fucked it up so badly last year that they knocked it down. So this year it was at the NEC in Birmingham, which was great for me because it's much closer. And it was fucking huge. <laughs> it was absolutely mind-bogglingly massive. My feet hurt. Uh, yeah, my feet hurt. We must have walked miles. Miles and miles during the weekend. But as always with this kind of thing, we've spoken about it in previous years. There's, there's this brilliant mix of stuff at EGX. There's the AAA titles that, uh, that are there. There's a load of new AAA titles that aren't playable yet, but you can go and watch videos and presentations. And there is the all-impressive indie section. The indie gaming section has probably been our favourite section of the EGX in previous years, and it didn't disappoint this year either. So we've got this big list of stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to bring up a random number generator, and we are going to randomly generate a number, and that is going to coincide with the game we've got on our list, and we're going to talk about that game. Right up until the point that that system completely fucking fails and then we'll just go off on one. How's that sound? Good. Sounds good to me. Sound about right? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, 
let's let's just go for it. I, I would I would talk about this stuff. Actually, should we just talk about one thing? Should we talk about the elephant in the room? The elephant on crack that was in the room. Did anybody else try one of the energy drinks that they were giving out for free at EGX? Eleven cans. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. Twelve. Lewis had all mine. Did, you did. You didn't have one, did you, Lee? No. That was a smart move. <laughs> oh, that was the smartest move you made for the entire weekend. So, Lewis, do you just want to ex- describe the uh, the stuff? Awful. Was in, it was <laughs> but you kept drinking them. Was it called Damage or something, wasn't it? No. no it was the, tornado. It was called Tornado. And the tagline? It's, actu- it's actually a drink. I thought it was just a promo drink for uh, Just Cause 3. Apparently it's not. They've just kind of been sponsored by them. And the tagline is called... Don't just win, do damage. Um, which to your of, central nervous system? Your yeah, your spinal fluids. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> your insides. Yeah, it, it, it's awful. It's awful, awful, awful stuff. I only had two cans of it, and I can attest to that. If you like energy drinks, fuck it, you might love them. Is this you might absolutely love them. No, this is this part. If, if it is, this is the worst product placement <laughs> in the history of mankind. Do not buy this stuff. They must have had thousands and thousands of cans get of this stuff to give away. Oh, I hope not. It, it's combustible as well, so you've got to be really careful when you're transporting it. <laughs> it tasted okay, but God. It was stuff. just the horrible kind of sugar come down hangover. The, the aftermath of drinking that stuff was, was much, much worse than, um, than a, a real bad high. <laughs> I come down from a really, really bad weekend, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you see any of that stuff knocking around and you're tempted to buy it, don't do do some heroin or something instead because it's it's probably Smoke better for some you. Crack. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something something a bit more healthy. Something that's been on the market a little bit longer and it's been tested. So that's that health warning out of the way. So we're going to do our first random generation. Okay. So what we come up with is thirteen. Right. What's number thirteen on the list? Riot. Riot. That's a good start. I fucking love this. We talked. We spoke about this a little while ago. Bugged if I can remember when or where. And it wasn't until probably having played it for about five or six minutes that I then realised that we had already spoken about this prior to its release. Gist of it is, sorry about the sniffing, by the way. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of sniffing. He's still got Expo <laughs> fever. Yeah, I've still got... I'm still suffering from Expo whatever it plague. is. Plague. Expo plague. Um, yeah, so the long and the short of it is, is you can play as rioters or you can play as police in various cities. So I think I played in possibly France... I know I played in Greece for a little while, and I played in... It might be France or Syria, I'm not sure. So you agitate either one side or the other to take over an area. So it's kind of like worms, but really one-sided. It's got this really kind of papers please art style, feels a bit communist kind of thing going on about it as well, hasn't it? Yeah. It's Is it just called Riot, or has it got like a subtitle or something? It's called Riot... Civil unrest. Civil unrest. Yeah, yep. didn't okay. even move my mouth then. There you go, that's magic that was. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Can't wait for it to come out. The developer, uh, Nick, I think his name was. Let me just double check that. Just <laughs> <laughs> make up a name. While he's looking at that, I played this as well. The controls are a little bit... Yes. There we go. The controls are a little bit off and there were a couple of bugs with the game. Now, it was in the indie gaming section. It is in like wild-ass early, early stages. And the developer was actually there and he was saying, look, there's a memory leak in this level, so... You might have a problem if that happens. Just push escape and switch to a different level and stuff like that. He was really personable and he was really nice and he was he was easy to talk to and he was really enthusiastic about the game, which is a great thing to see. Yeah. But it's just such a kind of off-the-wall... 
it's a riot. It's a riot. You, you, you have got to it either. It is a riot simulator. Yeah, it's a riot simulator. You've either got to create a riot and you're throwing petrol bombs and all this. And the thing is, you think, I oh, know I want to have a peaceful riot. You know, I want to be nice. But then the police will just completely overwhelm you. And then, and then you all have of to a sudden there's a tear gas grenade. And yeah, it's... Then, uh, and then you've got to start being aggressive to fight back. And any any ideas that you had of being nice at the beginning are gone. Because you're like, oh, those guys are being assholes. And then in the reverse, when you're playing as a cop, to start with, you're just like, no, guys, we're just going to hold our ground. And then they'll start throwing petrol bombs and all kinds of stuff at you. One of the things that I found really interesting as well was he was saying that they're planning on putting it in a two-player mode where one, one of you is playing as the cops and one of you is playing as the rioters. Oh, I love the idea of that. That sounds great to me. Interestingly, if for whatever... He was saying to me, if for whatever reason, when you're playing as the cops, you find that it's not difficult enough, you can press a button and it just increases the like hostility and aggression of the rioters. Really? Yeah. Probably facing <laughs> some of that energy drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're just mainlining Tornado. <laughs> That's it, let's fuck up Greece. All right, okay, so well, let's not linger on that for too long unless there's something else that you want to say about it, but really, so, I really liked the look of this, but I didn't get to sit down and play it. It's one of those games that you want to play, but uh, with, you know, uh, 20 people looking over your shoulder, you don't feel that you've got enough time to really do it justice. No, yeah, and there was a lot of that, actually, this year, yeah. because there's so many people sit, like, kind of standing around waiting to play games, and they're kind of looking at you, and you think, I'm going to be really shit at this, Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be, this is going to be actually quite embarrassing, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's... There was a it's, lot of that. It's a side-on 2D, very pixel-arty kind of game, but by by design, Beautiful. the art and graphic style and everything looks brilliant. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. It's got a kind of Lone Survivor-esque pixely thing going on. It's really, really quite good. This is by Merge Games. Any, have we got any idea when this is coming out? Has it been greenlit? I can't or? see a release date, but it's available for pre-order now, $9.99. So, there we go. That's Riot, Civil Unrest. Tick. Tick. Oh, we're rocking it out already. Right, generating another number. It's number two. Oh, oh come on. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, okay. Can't believe you got that one so early. Right, I'm just moving things around. This might be us peaking a bit. This, we're peaking a bit quick here. Uh, right, who wants to who wants to take the lead on this one? Oh, mm, <laughs> no, you. He's <laughs> gonna jazz them. All right, okay. All right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna break right here with it. Okay, so number two on our list is Warhammer: The End Times Vermintide. Now, before, before I say anything else about this, who of you had seen this game previously? It's not been a small game, you know, there has been stuff out about it, but I hadn't seen... I didn't even knew, know that this, this existed. This is how much I knew about it. I thought I was walking around calling it Warhammer Vermitude. <laughs> the well, there you go. But you're old, so, you know, you could be calling anything. <laughs> <laughs> did you know anything about this, Lewis? Not even heard of it. Neither had I. So, go on, first impressions. Lee, what were your first impressions of this game? No, just, uh, I, you said, sit down and play that. And I sat there and played it, and my mouth just hung open the whole time. It, this, <laughs> I'm buying this. This is, um, this is my game. This is great. This is perfect for us as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lewis, what was your opinion on it? Do you know what? Originally, I walked past it probably two or three times on mm. the two days that I was there uh, prior to you guys arriving. And I didn't really pay much attention to it. I thought, it looks like a Warhammer game. Not like I'm not really that big into Warhammer anymore. So I just avoided it. And then when we sat down and played it, and I actually sat and watched, I think I originally sat and watched you play it. And then I sat down and played it. And I was just like, yeah, okay, I, I, I need this game. <laughs> it needs to be in my life. Right, so for anybody who's not seen it and not been Googling it while we've been talking about it, Warhammer the End Times Vermintide 
is a four-player co-op game. Um, think kind of Left 4 Dead, but then stop thinking Left 4 Dead, because it's nothing fucking like Left 4 Dead apart from the fact that it's a four-player co-op game. So um, it's set in the Warhammer universe. The graphics, the visuals, the, the level design, the character design are fucking gorgeous. They oh, are absolutely yeah. it's beautiful. Beautiful. It drags you right into the game. You feel like you're in you're in that kind of area. You're inside everything Warhammer. Um, and the whole thing is that Skaven, and if you don't know what Skaven are, they're just big rats with weapons. They're big semi-smart rats are uh, are coming at you very similar to kind of zombies but they're smarter and they will use tactics and there are special types of them and there are snipers or there are assassin ones there's ones with big guns and there's ones with so the, the, the parallels to, to Left 4 Dead are kind of there but key things that are different there are classes so you get to play as classes and there are five classes which is great because it doesn't mean that one person out of the four of you gets left with the one class that nobody wants. I think wants. that's the cleverest bit about it. I it's really, really like smart. So there's five classes, and I do you know what I can't even remember. But it, there's a there's a fire mage, which is was the only class that wasn't playable at EGX. Ranger. There's the ranger. Yep. Um, dwarf there dude. Is dwarf dude. <laughs> I think he's like a tank or something. He's the one that's got sword he's and board. Sword and, uh, yeah. Do you know what? That I I was reading about this, and they're actually not. So it's a dwarf ranger. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, because he's got a crossbow. Yeah, so it's a, a Dwarf Ranger, Way Watcher, which is like a rogue. Uh, yeah. You've got the Empire Soldier, which is just kind of... Uh, Massive hammer. Yeah. He, uh, no, well, he, he had doesn't. A hammer in, he had a sword. He has a hammer in the demo that I was playing, yeah. actually, yeah. because you can pick up different weapons. Effectively, he's a two-handed weapon guy. You can, no, yeah. And the one that I was playing, he had a two-handed hammer. You can but start you can have with two-handed swords. Well. Yeah, you can have different weapons and stuff. Uh, and then you've got the Witch Hunter, which has got the dual pistols. And, which is awesome. Um, like a, oh, yeah. a shorter sword. Yeah, and then the, there's the, the Archer Woman. Yeah, uh, so she's uh, the, the Way Watcher, so she's like oh, a, a, a rogue-type character. So in Left 4 Dead everybody is the same and you pick up different weapons and but everybody is the same basically you talk differently in one of the redneck but basically they're all the same um in this very very different and everybody has got a role to play the dwarf can basically stick himself as a, a bottleneck point and use his shield to bash the oncoming hordes back while you've got somebody shooting at them from above you've got the guy with the big hammer or the two-handed weapon sweeping above the top of the dwarf's head to keep them back so that the other people can the, the tactics that that generates, that having those classes there generates, is just brilliant. And it's so natural that you fall into those roles really easily, but you're not forced into them because you've got alternate weapons and you pick up other weapons and all the rest of it, and you can adjust the class to be what you want. It's one of those co-op games that really benefits. You know, you get lots of co-op games that where well, yeah, it's much better to play together and support each other, but you have a lot more fun if you actually find the other guy and they make it very easy to know where the other person is on the map. They kind of yep. light up through the level. So you can just get together and then kick ass. And the other the other thing that I really liked about it was, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, when we were stood there watching, the, well, we pretty much we every single it. group of... Yeah, well, we completed the demo, but I think we were, I was, we were the first group of people that I saw that completed the demo. Yeah. And I think it's only because we were talking to each other and you have to communicate. I mean, when somebody gets down when somebody gets dropped it is possible for their teammates to get them back up again hmm. but there's no massive red arrow that tells you no. that, that has happened you have to communicate it and you have to get them to come over and help you out and i think there was one stage where you you'd been down or i'd been down and i came over to look at you and you'd basically just ragdolled and i couldn't tell 
whether you yeah. were yeah, I saw a corpse, that. a game corpse, or just whether you were actually down. And it wasn't until I actually got up close to you and it said uh, press E to heal or whatever it was. That you realised that I was there. Yeah. And that's where you've got to communicate. And it's, it's not a flaw in the game. A lot of people would say, oh, they need to make it more obvious. No, 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 no. You just need to communicate. It's, it's a great... It, it completely drops the immersion if there's a massive red arrow above somebody mm. or something like that. Talking about the ragdolls as well, we had this beautiful moment it's absolutely, and this is one of the reasons that this game is just so great, but we had this beautiful moment where we'd ended up bottlenecking a whole bunch of these Skaven in one place, and we were chopping them down and hacking them down, and then one of the specials turned up, and he had a big Gatling gun, and we'd just been mauling through all of these things, and it had built up a pile of ragdolls, like a pile of the dead corpses, literally a, a mound of them. Think like, um, what was it, 300, where they've got a mound of, of uh, bodies, and, uh, and this guy started opening fire, and we were literally cowering behind the mound of bodies and the bullets were hitting the mound of bodies and they were like juddering around and shaking from the impacts and we were popping up above and firing arrows at him and then popping back down again and then the dwarf leapt over the top smashes the guy with the shield the archer stands up and shoots him in the head headshot is uh, is they're dead and he drops dead and it just felt like this amazing it, it was like a scene from Lord of the Rings or something like it was like a scene that you could imagine in one of those big budget fantasy films. Yeah, and it it really drew, it. It's a silly thing to talk about, but it drew it drew me into the game, and I was just like, God, that was epic. <laughs> that, that was absolutely brilliant, and it's an experience that was unique to us playing as that group, which makes you feel like this kind of ragtag band of heroes and, and all the rest of it. I can imagine there's plenty of those moments in it. Yeah, as well. Yeah, I think there is. I think I there think is. The, the only thing that really kind of let me down for that was because I'm so when we played Left 4 Dead before I'm so used to being able to talk to you guys and it I think when we played The Division that kind of highlighted that for me yeah was that we didn't have the opportunity to be able to talk to each other no that, and I think it's, that's more they just the, didn't have the voice comms turned on I don't no, think that's I'm not more sure of the, the game. setup than yeah yeah I don't know if the game has voice comms enabled in it but you know everybody uses Skype or TeamSpeak or Vent or whatever so if you have that then that's obviously essential yeah but um, no it, right so when we jumped onto this really early and I'm worried that we're, we're blowing our wad but this is by a, uh, is that it then well no this is by a company called Fat Shark and it is out it baited so just because they didn't they don't like giving themselves uh, a, a small amount of work the uh, they were there all weekend at EGX and then the day after on the Monday the beta opened now, this isn't one of those games where it goes oh we're in early access and then we're in beta and then we're going to be there for the next 15 years and the game will never actually um, be released <coughs> Daisy <laughs> this, <laughs> this is basically they've gone no we're done fucking done drop the mic uh they're opening the beta to basically load balance and load test the game uh and they're going right october is it october the 22nd or 23rd 23rd i think loads of people are youtubing this yeah yep i thought it was 22nd but you carry on around then anyway basically october 22nd or 23rd the game is out and they were really definitive about this there's no wishy-washiness there's no waiting for early access or anything like that it's an indie title but only in name because they're independently publishing it they've got a big i think they said didn't was it robert we were speaking to at yeah. the time and he said they've got a team of 40 people working on this it's a big game it's a really really big game um and this in my opinion and i'm pretty sure that you guys agree uh, has won the Ready Player Two game of the show. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely incredible. If you haven't seen this yet, even if you're not into Warhammer, and I'm not massively into Warhammer, I used to be when I was younger, but I'm really not anymore. 
this just a solid game. It's just a great four-player co-op brilliant game. If you like Left 4 Dead and if you like those kind of games, you will more than likely love this. So it's definitely worth giving it a look. Um, there we go. Do you guys want to speak any more about Warhammer Vermintide? No, because we could re- we could talk about it all night. Yeah, we could really I talk about it all it. night. In fact, if we keep talking about it, I'm just going to stop podcasting and go and play it instead. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's game of the show. We've hit that really early on, but uh, but it's definitely worth talking about. There's other stuff though. Oh, it's coming. Right. Random number number generator. B nine. B nine. It's not. It's not nine. B nine. It's not nine. It's not nine. We can't. We can't stack them all really quick next to each other. <laughs> uh, so number ten. We've got now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> How good luck explaining this. I'm just going to sit back. Carry on. Does, no, just, does somebody else want to explain no. what this is? No, I'll yeah, okay. do it. Oh, go on. Go on. This is Space Ragers by... I'm not sure what the company is, but uh, the Twitter handle is Alex versus Coding. So, if you thought that um, Wii U and most Nintendo consoles have the most obscure peripherals... <laughs> You need to play wrong. Space Rangers. <laughs> this is a game where you... It's its like... Oh, God. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's kind of... Punch and Judy... <laughs> on... A bad acid trip. Yeah, basically. It's Punch and Judy boxing. I think you nailed yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's effectively what it is. I mean, I think that's... If they were going to put a blurb on the back of a box, which I don't think this game's ever going to have a box... But if they were going to put a blurb on the back of the box, I think Punch and Judy on Acid pretty much nails it. Yeah. So you basically play with two characters, and then your characters are actually physical puppets that you have to use to beat up the other puppet. So you've got like a hand with a a little sensor on it, and each of the... There are different uh, contacts on on your opponent's puppet that you have to make contact with, and each time you do make contact metal bells you lose yeah yeah each time you make contact with them you lose points uh, yeah it was like it was like a fighting game you had like a a health bar didn't you on the screen yeah and that was basically all that was on this screen and the puppets were represented on the screen as well yeah Yeah. but really badly (laughs) really badly yeah (laughs) yeah effectively so i did anybody else play this was it just me no it was just you it was just me so i I, there is a fantastic picture of rich playing this oh is there so i sat down in front of this girl to to play this game and i felt a little bit bad because she was she looked <laughs> she didn't really know what she was letting herself in for. And this guy just basically goes, right, so you put the puppet on your hand, you hold the stick with the other hand, and you smack the other person's puppet. But be nice. And I'm sat there going, but I want to win. <laughs> so, so she's kind of holding her puppet up going, oh, oh, and I'm fucking bobbing and weaving, I'm floating like a bee and stinging like a butterfly. It's, it, and then she she couldn't hit me. and it was It was fun for the couple of minutes that I was playing it because it was laugh out loud, what the fuck am I doing? This is batshit crazy fun. But half the sensor points on the puppet didn't work properly. Um, I was really so worried about damaging this thing because it's just a fabric arm that's attached to the puppet that you're kind of flinging around everywhere. Mm. And so I'm really worried about damaging it so I don't want to be too aggressive with it or anything. I kept walking past it and thinking... Is that really a thing? Yeah, apparently it was a thing. Well, this was in the left left wing or left field section, left whatever field, it was called. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's where they put all the batshit crazy stuff, which we've got more to talk about later. Yeah, coming right up. <laughs> but um, it was weird. You're never going to see it in stores. It's 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 never going to be a thing, to my understanding. It was an amusing thing to watch. Uh, I think it's really nice that he's done it. It's it it comes across to me like more of a kind of coding project or a yeah almost a science fair type thing yeah. for somebody to show that they've done something new and unique and there were a couple of other things like that 
that were that, that were they weren't traditional games. They weren't something you could download off Steam and play. You needed these weird peripherals and stuff like that. But it's worth mentioning because it was it was funny. It was fun. It was amusing. It was something different to do. It's one of those things where peripherals are breaking out in the gaming industry now because we've got VR and we've got these VR you know uh, controllers and all these other peripherals that are coming out that are brand new. Did he say VR? No, we're not going to we're not going to segue into that. Yet. But we've got all of this stuff <laughs> that's coming out that's brand new. It's nice it's nice to see the people trying with different things. This is never going to be a thing, but it was fun and it was amusing. Because of that, it's worth mentioning. Every time I walked past and saw somebody playing this, which was quite often, they had a mixture of glee and embarrassment on their faces. Yeah, the people that were but those, playing it. those are the best games. Yeah. If you can mix emotions in that way, then you're doing it's all right. It's something you think. won't forget. I think he was. I think he was quite happy with the reaction. He knew. He knew what he had, and he knew it's never going to be a, a an iPad classic or anything like that. But I think he was quite pleased with the reaction that he got. All right, great. So that um, that was I've totally forgotten the name. Space Rages. Space Rages. Okay, we're not going to talk about that anymore because it was really weird. Let's randomly generate another number. Do it. What have we got? Ten. Ah, I love a bit of a rant. (laughs) 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 Oh, I was the only one that played this, wasn't I? You were, but we watched. Possibly of the entire weekend. Oh, I watched. Oh, really? Do you actually walk away? Bless this girl. She was actually so nice as well, but there was just nothing I could say. So we went to the Team 17 section. It, this was in the indie section. For, for I mean, I guess Team 17 are still indie, but they took up basically half of the indie section yeah. with everything that they had there. So this is the Escapists, The Walking Dead. Now, I only very briefly touched on the original Escapist game. It's not really my cup of tea, but this had Walking Dead slapped all over it, and I was just like, oh, I quite like the idea of that. Now... The, the girl that was running the stand spoke to me and she was just like, yeah, so this is taken from the original, was it 99 Walking Dead comics? Yeah. Uh, and it's based on the comics. It's not based on the TV series. So you you start off right at the beginning of the comics and you play your way through. And I was thinking, oh, okay, I can, I can get on board with this. It's got a kind of top-down 2D pixelated art style to it, which I'm also absolutely fine with in an indie game. So I sat down and I started playing. I mean, I'm not entirely sure if they've played this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure if they just kind of slapped it together and, yeah, fuck it, that'll do. It plays like a bag of sick. It really does. It's so disjointed and stop-start. And the, one of the worst parts of it is the control. What? No, the control system was awesome. It was terrible. No, it was awesome because the look on your face it was like, <laughs> what, I need another button? <laughs> it was absolutely bizarre. To the point where it felt like they felt they, they wanted to use every single button on the Xbox pad for something. Oh, we got all these fucking buttons. Oh, it's just a top-down 2D game. Don't care, we got all these buttons, we've got to do something with them. And it was like, to open a door was X. And then to move a table was B. And then to climb upon that table was A. And then to climb up onto the next thing was Y. Why? Because I've just climbed up onto something with A. Why can't I climb onto the next thing with A as well? That doesn't make any sense. And you had to open your inventory and use something. I'm sure it gets easier after you've played it for a while. But if it wasn't for these massive prompts popping up on the screen telling me exactly what I had to do, I would have absolutely no idea what the hell I was doing. I mean, even, you know, probably five or ten minutes into this into this play session, I was trying to do things that, in my head, I've already done. Like, I've already climbed up on a desk. It's A. I know what A does. Okay, so now I've got to jump into a hole. Well, that's effectively standing in front of something and interacting with it. So that's A. No, no, that's that's X. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why is it X? I don't understand. It, it was just... I, it was so... The whole game was so disjointed. The zombies were bizarre. The, 
you got I got a gun in the first 20 seconds. It was just I didn't like it. I didn't I like, like it. I like the bit where you got the gun. You were stood next to a fence, and you obviously I could tell by the look on your face you wanted to go and do something else, but it was forcing you to shoot the zombie through the yes. fence. Yeah, I couldn't do anything. I had to shoot the zombie before I could do anything else Which at is all. Ridiculous. I mean, you say everybody knows in a zombie apocalypse you can serve ammunition. Yeah, you can serve ammunition, and you don't fire the bloody gun unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. So I, you know, I could have just poked the zombie in the eye or something. But no, I had to shoot it. And I'm there going, but this doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? And I'm guessing it must have happened in the comics or something. But it just... Anyway, I'm not going to dwell on this for too long. But effectively, I stood up at the end of this game. And this girl who had been really nice right at the beginning and quite enthusiastic went, So, what did you think? And I just went, it's not for me. <laughs> it's not for me. There's nothing else I could say. You know, I didn't want to. I wasn't being mean or anything. It's just not everybody can like every we game. Approached this game, saw the posters, saw Walking Dead. Um, we all and we saw the the art style and thought, oh, this looks good. And then disheartened as we walk walked away. Yeah, I think that was the main thing. It was just disappointment. It was. We're yeah. not angry. Just, just disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I thought to myself, well, maybe they've got time to sort out the uh, control system and, and some of the other flaws in the gameplay before they release. Release today. <laughs> also, the controls are taken straight out of... Because I don't know if you were listening to her. What she was explaining was is uh, the Division... Uh, not the Division. Uh, Rich, sorry. Listen. The Walking Dead was originally... It was just going to be some DLC for the original game, The Escapists. Yes, yeah. Which is a game about escaping prison. However, they made so much DLC that they decided to release it as its standalone as a standalone game. Yep. A la Undead Nightmare for Red Dead Redemption. Yep, yep. So the control scheme comes lifted straight from the original lifted game. Lifted straight yep. from The Escapists. That yeah. sounds so, like yeah. something that's grown rather than de- developed. Yeah. Unfortunately. I just, well, then, see, I wouldn't get on with the with the escapists either. But I've got, it's, it's worth pointing out that the control scheme was just one of these ludicrous things that I just couldn't get on with. But it wasn't just that. It was it was everything else about the game. And as Lee said, being forced to shoot the zombie with the gun, which is something that just didn't make any sense to me. I didn't want to do it. I had, like, wire cutters. I could have just, I don't know, snipped it. It was an immersion breaker, wasn't it? It was just daft. It was just, I don't know. It, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. The art style shifted from really blocky, pixelated stuff to actually find pixelated stuff mm. is really odd. Anyway, doesn't really fucking matter the reasons I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. So there. I guess, I guess if you opinions. like... Yeah, I guess if you liked um, The Escapists, then you might like this. But then you're weird. It's 24. Um, we can be really brief on this, but I really quite like this. It's a nice little thing. I've just deleted it from the, from the thing by accident. There we go, it's back. This is Line Wobbler. Did we all play this? I have me. I, I didn't play it at EGX. I have played it previously, uh, mm. where I think I was explaining to you where it was looped back on itself. Uh, yes, at yeah, pub. yeah. I so, walked past it and this is, twanged it. And twanged it. Yeah. Oh, that could be a number of people at the show as well, though, couldn't it? This is weird. Basically, it was a strip of LEDs. It had no screen, it had no monitor, it had no console or anything like that. This was a, a, a strip, like a fabric strip that had LEDs going along its length of different colour. Um, and effectively what you had to do was navigate this single line strip with your little LED or your white coloured LED and you had to drive it up the strip and around the bend and little red LEDs would attack you and every time they got near you, you had to wobble. Now the stick thing that you had was effectively, you know those doorstop things? 
Don yeah, 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 exactly. That you can flick and they go don yeah, 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 yeah. like those things. That's effectively what the control stick was. No, it's not effectively. That's actually no, that's what exactly it was. what it was. So every time one of these things got near you, you had to flick it and it went yeah, 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 and you kind of did a little attack thing and it and it killed them and then you could carry on going. And then lava turned up and you had to dodge the lava and it made a nice little noise like as you're moving along it and it's it, again it's kind of like the puppet game where it's a weird little thing it'd be great to have in uh like a gaming bar type thing which i think is where you've seen it that's where i played it yeah that's where you played it yeah it'd be great to, it's, it's a great little thing to have in like a gaming bar or something like that but it was it's not it was nice it was worth mentioning because it's the first time i've seen it and it's also worth mentioning because you don't see many weird new things like that puppet game and like this that are pretty much not related to traditional games at all. I can see this being quite successful, though. Well, it's, you've being got quite to big. buy the whole kit, haven't you? I yeah, think no, it's I think, well, it's, uh, I'd it's have something it in you my can car. make yourself. There, I'd have it in my car. Can you imagine the kids playing this in the car? Oh, yes, so that would be great. That would be, be amazing. an excellent place to have it. Extremely distracting. It's <laughs> not going to cause... You're not supposed not to drive while you're playing. Any crashes at all. But no, it was really nice. It, it was, I don't know, there's not much more I can say about it. That is effectively the entire game. Have a look on YouTube. I bet you there's a load of videos about this thing there. But it's its a charming little thing. It is really nice. And I'm looking at pictures of it, and they've got some set up in a, in a garden for a nighttime barbecue. This would be a great party game. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. It's the kind of thing that you could go on eBay or whatever, and you buy, like people buy Cards Against Humanity, or they buy Exploding Kittens, stuff like that. It's that kind of thing that you have for a party, people come round and they can you can they can wobble your stick, and, <laughs> and everybody everybody has a great time. I've had a few parties like that. Does anyone know how much it costs? I have absolutely I don't no think idea. It's available to purchase. Well, I think you can got build it, it yourself. Got it. Yeah, I think he's got kits that you can buy and build. Oh uh, right, okay. I think what, that's kind of what it is. It's what like I did a quite enthusiast like thing. When you were playing it, you were like, "Oh, I think the wobbler's broken." So he just yeah. went into this little room and reappeared with a whole new module. Yeah, with the whole thing, and he was rebuilding it on the fly, and he had his little soldering iron out. It's very homebrew, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it was really homebrew. It was very kind of I've built this in my garage type thing, which which is still it's great. It's I love that kind of thing. It it's, ran gaming's at 60 open frames a second. Yeah, <laughs> gaming's open to everybody, even if you're weird. <laughs> if you're just like I've got an excess of these doorstop things, I really don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and they've got all these LEDs left over. What am I, what am I gonna? I've got an idea. <laughs> and then it just stems from there. Okay, next. Sixteen. Ow. Oh. I don't think we need to spend too long on this. I'm not going to spend too long on this, really. This is this is a game called uh, Masquerader. Is that right? Masquerader, Masquerader Songs yeah. and Shadows. After I um. Witching Hour Studios. After we went to, to EGX, I decided to have a quick look on a couple of other gaming websites um, that, that write about stuff that was EGX, and so there was, there was EGX articles about this game. Now, I can only imagine that those people that wrote those articles didn't play it, or didn't really look at it. You know, you know when people have written articles based on press releases, and you can tell that they've never actually done anything with the game? I was so off, but I've got to admit to start with. I started trying to trying to talk to one of the developers that was there. Now, apparently, one of the one of them that was there was really, really nice. I got the bad one, I think, and um, effectively, she was talking to me, and uh, and she said the bizarrest thing. She was saying, "Oh yeah, we've got um, we've got all these all these like really big name voice actors in it." And she said, "I can't remember the woman's name," but she said this. Felicia the, Day. Felicia Day. She said, "Oh yeah, Felicia Day." So I said. Oh, Felicia Day's in it. And she said, not yet. 
but we're talking about it. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, well, that's a weird thing to say. And then I sat down to play the game, and uh, and it's got all these cutscenes and fucking waffle, and, and she goes, Paul, oh, make sure you... Because I was wanting to talk to you guys about it while I was playing it. And she forced me to put the headphones on what, by saying... No, you need to make sure you listen to it because we spent an awful lot of money on the voice actors. <laughs> and I was just like, no. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm right. Sorry. I'm sorry. I know I said let's not talk about this too long and let's be nice about it. And generally, if we don't like something, we we don't we, we don't, don't like talk, to talk about, about it. it. Yeah. But this woman really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, glad to know it wasn't while, just me. Whilst Rich was playing it, she said to me, "Oh." what publication are you from? And I, I pointed at my t-shirt. I was wearing a Ready Player 2 t-shirt. And I said, oh, I'm from Ready Player 2. I pulled out a business card. She looked at it and went, oh, a podcaster. And kind of, I don't know if she yeah. meant for me to see her screw her face up. And then she said, I'm not sure we'll be able to give you any demo codes. I was like, well, I'm not I- asking for a demo code. <laughs> you are. And to be honest, I am. now I don't even want to play your game. <laughs> <laughs> she was so off point. She was, I don't know, I, I don't know if they're massive. I don't know if they're like huge, 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 like indie business or something like that. She was so, she was so the wrong person to be working on that stand. So, but prior to this conversation, she said, oh, so what kind of games do you like? And I was like, well, I'm not really that bothered about fantasy games. She, then she started going off on one. And then she said, well, what kind of games do you like? Like, well... Justify um, yourself, Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> so she was kind of asking me, she was trying to force me to justify why I didn't want to play her game. Like, well, <laughs> She was about to call security and get you because, escorted off the premises. Well, yeah, exactly. And I was like, because I don't really want to play your game. I don't like this style of gameplay. And I don't like, like, dragons and yeah. that kind of shit. She pulled my earphone off my head at one point, which is another thing. You know, there are these little breaches of etiquette. <laughs> so I'm sat there playing it, and she yanks this, the earphone off my ear at one point, and goes, remember, you can pause. And like, because obviously I've been, I've been struggling, right? Now, for starters, remember you can pause? What do you mean, remember? I never knew I could pause. <laughs> it never told me I could pause. There is no controls anywhere. It threw me in to this bullshit, long-winded dialogue for these dull characters that I couldn't give a slightest crap about. Now, I've got to be honest, when I finally got into the combat, it was alright. From a Baldur's Gate kind of pause, give your orders, play kind of point of view. Actually, I quite enjoyed it. But all the waffle and the characters droning and all of this forced stuff, and I've got to be honest, I was just so put off by her and her attitude to the entire thing. I just wasn't interested. I wasn't. I really wasn't okay. bothered. For a balanced opinion, I played this too, and I didn't get the Harridan that you got. I, uh, I it was. I think it was the first thing I played at EGX this year, and I got a really nice guy who um, did his best to explain to my poor deaf ears because it's really loud in there. The controls and sat me down, put some headphones on me, and sent me on my way. Now he did say to me, "Don't forget." And this was before I started playing. Don't forget you can pause. But I didn't hear that. I heard press space to skip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and happily, that worked. Because all of the dialogue scenes, um, if you hit space, you can skip. So I didn't hear, listen to any of their amazing voiceovers. Uh, but I did suffer through quite a boring game in which I didn't pause at all and did quite well. 
It was just, yeah. Now, it's worth mentioning at this point, we did play a few of the games. There are games that aren't on this list that we played that were, for whatever reason, unfinished, unpolished. Or shit. Or crap. Now, ordinarily, specifically for the indie game, we don't do this for the, for the AAA section, but specifically for the indie games, we're not in the business of just shit, shit-mouthing people. If I played a couple of games there that I just wasn't that keen on, it's my personal opinion, I will just keep my mouth shut. And we've done this in EGX's past where there's a bunch of games that we have played but we haven't spoken about because they weren't our thing and we don't just want to put people down. This is worth mentioning simply because when you get somebody who is that poor at running a stand at EGX and really, really puts people off, it's it's worth mentioning. <laughs> it really is worth mentioning. I'm going to counterbalance the the negativity the negativity by saying that I did you know when I got into it and the combat and everything I didn't dislike it in any oh, particularly horrid way. I did. But everything else about the game I didn't like. Absolutely everything else about the game I didn't like. It was a poorly put together, poorly constructed, forced up its own ass game. So there you go. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly along. We're going to get some real shitty tweets about that. I'm, pro- I'm positive. Um, but, you know, if you like that kind of thing... Game of you, Thrones all over again. If you're, in, if you're into that kind of thing, you know, bollocks games by crap devs, then, then you, you by all means go ahead and get it. Random number, number, number is... 21. Okay, who put this in? Go on, own, own up. <laughs> I did. Okay, I didn't. I didn't play this. I saw this, and but I think from looking at it, it's really difficult to get an idea of actually how it's playing. So, do you want to explain what this is? So this is Thumper. It's a single track racer where you play as a neon beetle that dance that uh, dances drives <laughs> to. And it's, we're not talking a VW beetle. No, it's like an actually actual a beetle. bug beetle uh, that races to music, and it's kind of what's this? It's, it's, diffi- it's, it's like really difficult to explain. Violence. Is it really? It's really difficult to explain. It's one of those things where it sounds really weird when you explain it. Because when Lewis first explained this to me, I was just like, "Okay, it's a single track racer. How can it be a racer if it's just on rails? That doesn't make any sense." Yeah. If you watch people playing this, it's gorgeous. It, it looks pretty. Really, really good. Um, I just don't really get. It's difficult to tell how, like, what the person who's sitting in front of it is actually doing. Yeah. Effectively, it's just zipping around all over the place. The controls are quite minimal, and I still found it quite tricky because it doesn't actually tell you. So it tells you what to what you need to do, but it doesn't tell you when you need to do it. Okay. But then it it does tell you when you need to do it. So the music so, thing is—is is it generating a track from music or? Um, yeah, kind of. So the track kind of is generated by the music, but the music you kind of do stuff to the music. Can you load your own music, or is it like I've no idea? Um, okay. I've been talking to the guys from Drool, or one of the guys from Drool. Unfortunately, they weren't there. They just sent some code. Oh, I remember on, this. Chucked it onto a PC, and then and then so there you go. I yeah, remember this because you saw it, really liked the look of it, and so you and, and you couldn't find any of the dudes at the stand, so you yeah. emailed them, didn't you? Yeah. While like, you were at AGX, they were like, no, we're still in America. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, sorry, we, we're not actually there. Maybe next year. Well, that's great, but I kind of wanted to talk to you now. So, <laughs> um, to be fair to them, they did say that uh, we could talk to them uh, after the event and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, 
but ah. they were pretty cool about it. It's a rhythm violence game. Yeah, but it's not violent. It didn't look violent. Wait, it says on their website. Yeah, it looks like a rhythm. It's a rhythm racer, from what I can tell. Like, you've got to hit. From what I can gather, you've got to hit the beats at the correct moment. Yeah. And do the right things at the correct moment with the pad, in tune to the music, in order to steer your vehicle in the correct direction to stay on the track. I like this sort of game. I've so got that's, it, I it's it now. almost a kind of quick time event, Guitar Hero esque racing game. Yeah, kind exactly. of thing. Yeah, but it's worth noting that the graphics for this look beautiful, oh. and, and have done for probably two years. Really. Yeah. Right, okay. It did look really good. I think that's it. I think that's all we can really say about that. Yeah, there's, it's very simple, but it's quite pleasing to watch and actually to play with headphones on. So I think the it gets a lot better as the music gets kind of more intense. The gameplay gets more intense. So Sorry, debut on PlayStation 4 and Steam in 2016. That's vague. It is yeah. a bit. That is a little bit vague. Up yours, it? Xbox. I am randomly generating a new number, and that number is 14, which is making me smile quite a lot. This is making me smile quite a lot. I know we've spoken about an awful lot of indie games uh, in the in this show or these shows. Um, this is this for me was quite a big one, a big little one, a big little one. It's an indie game, but it's one of those things where. I've not played a game like this before, and I really liked it. And the devs were such genuinely nice guys. Yeah. Um, and they they had an awful lot of interest in this game, which I they they I mean we spoke to them, we did an interview with them. They weren't expecting the kind of interest that they got, but there was one thing in particular that I really liked. So this game is called Theo and Lizzie, and it's by uh, the guys at Butcher Labs. Now we spoke to them, we played the game. It got a little bit embarrassing partway through playing the game because I was massively into this. I really, really got into this game to the point where it clicked with me, and I think I won. We played like a like a four-player versus mode, and I won. And then, as everybody else started going, oh, I can't do this, and then put their pads down. I took their pad, and then I came second, and then I came third as well. Um, this is a is a what would you call this? It's a it's a <laughs> speed running game, isn't it? Yes, it's a, it's a speed running game with a twist. So. As you're running, you can speed up or slow down time. Um, but also, the whole kicker is that you can shift gravity. So you push A, and instead of jumping, you switch your gravity so that now you're running on the ceiling, and then now you're running on the floor. And there's a dash as well. So halfway through shifting between ceiling and floor, you can hit dash, and you'll dash along. Um, and it was just really basic. It's a very simple game, but it's a platformer that makes you think. So you're running along. You can't jump this thing that's got a load of spikes in it, but you shift to the ceiling, you run along the ceiling, and then you switch down and you carry on after the spikes are finished. Now, at its core, millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That is the basis of this game. And in the single player, that's effectively what you do. And you can speed up time or slow down time. So you're running faster or you're running slower. And I think they're going to adjust the mechanics of that slightly. But... The um, the way that you do it and the way that the levels are constructed make it actually so it can it can be quite complicated, and you're you're jumping from platform to platform, but you're jumping from one platform on the ground to another platform on the ceiling to another platform on the ground, then to the ceiling, then dashing, then to the ground, and it's it's got this level of complexity that really really spoke to me, and then they've got this four player kind of race mode as well, split screen race mode, and they said they don't want to make it online. They want it to be a couch experience. They want everybody to sit there and play. But what really kind of got me with this is we were speaking to the guys and they said, yeah, we've, we've taken this to other shows before, um, but we've only had the single player. We've only recently made this this split screen mode. And we said, oh, how, how new is the split screen mode? And they said, we made it this week. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay. Like what, you only finished it this week? No, no, no. We only even thought about putting it in this week. <laughs> so we, on Monday, one of the guys went, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we had a split screen mode for EGX? And then they literally made it that week before they turned up at EGX. It was and still it very was great. It was really nice and it played really, really well. And the re- the funny thing about it was that you played it on the on the, the Saturday, for example, and you'd have a play around and, and things would be, you know, you might find a, a glitch or a bug here or there. And then you went back on the Sunday and that glitch or bug was gone hmm. because they were going back to their hotel at the end of the day and recoding the game and making tweaks and changes based on stuff that people had said to them the day before. And the game had actually evolved from the beginning of EGX to the end. And they all looked absolutely battered. <laughs> they, look, they, <laughs> they really all had looked, smiles on their faces. They had massive smiles really on their faces. But they, they looked like they'd really been through the mill with this. But it was... Um, it's, it's a great game. It's a really difficult thing to explain, but the, the story behind the game is it's a weird Romeo and Juliet twist to it, which is quite nice as well. So you've got the uppers and the downers. So you've got the people that live on the ground. They're the downers. And you've got the people who live on the ceiling, and they're the uppers. And this guy, Theo, who's the main character of the game, has got this unique ability where he can switch. He can either be upper or downer. And he's a downer. And um, Lizzie, who is the the object of his affection is an upper it's a bit of a west side story yeah it's got this whole kind of thing to it and it's a nice little story but effectively when you're playing the game that makes zero difference (laughs) at all because it's a platform runner game um but it's it's this whole it's just great it's it's one of those things it's very difficult to explain go on youtube and go on their website there's there's loads of footage of this yeah the website's really well put together it's another one of these examples of the, the guys that were there were just great guys and they were really really nice and they had a you know it was added to the experience but actually the game itself really polished and really well put together the slowing down time the shifting between the ceiling and the floor the ghosts that you kind of get left behind when you die so you can see where you died before and all that kind of stuff um, it was great. It was a really enjoyable little game to play. And actually, I played it far, far longer than I should have done. I was sat there for ages, and Lewis ended up dragging me away from it because we had other things to play. But um, I really enjoyed it. This is one of the, the standout games Can of the I show ask, for me. Can I ask, Rich? Yeah. Your, what was your game of the show? My game of the show? Mm. Um, I think it's this. Yeah, it was. I th- was it? Did yeah. I actually say it was this? Okay, yes. I couldn't even remember. I th- <laughs> yeah, it, this, is, this is my game of the show. I'm, I'm going to say it. I mean, there were others... And actually, 
I'm torn between this and one other, which I think I'm probably going to give both of them some kind of accolade, and I'll talk about the other one in a little while, but um, it, there, was a, there was a toss-up between this and Vermintide and one other game that was there for me, for a couple of different reasons, but this was so unique and really enjoyable to play, and the guys were so nice. It's in such early access that you can't you can't get it, there's no codes, there's no... They weren't giving away any press codes or anything like that. Um, but they still wanted to go there and they still wanted to put on the show and they still wanted people to play the game. And it was great and it was really good fun. There's not much more that we can say about this game, but it's called Theo and Lizzie. Go to their website, the guys are called Butcher Labs. Really, really good game, really nice guys, and it's really unique. It's definitely worth playing on, or at least watching for now. Number 12. Mm. Now, can we talk about this? Can we Can um, we talk about this? Played. I, I no. This was one of the talks that they had on there. Oh, yes. Um, that I went to watch on Friday because I was bored. <laughs> okay. So this is Hitman. This is the, the new Hitman game that is just called Hitman. Yes, just called Hitman. Yeah. Um, looks very nice from the gameplay footage that I watched. Uh, there are different bits that you can do in it. So there's you can sabotage stuff to kill people by accident later on. Blah, 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 loads of different weapons. Now... The key thing that struck me was one of the levels they were talking about being in Paris at a fashion show. Mm. However, this isn't the Paris, and they didn't recreate the level one for one. This is an imagined version of Paris. <laughs> and this is the guy actually saying this, this, isn't, this, this is, isn't it? This is an actual person sat in front of me talking over some footage of this game. Paris-ish? Saying it, this is based in Paris, but it's not really Paris. It's kind not of Not actually Paris. So, <laughs> yeah. ba- so, from, by all accounts, what I can tell is you've got the Arc de Triomphe, the Eiffel Tower, and whatever else is the Louvre, all within, like, a one-mile square area. <laughs> They're all right <laughs> next to each other. Yeah. Paris is kind of boring, so we just put all the cool parts next to each other. Get rid of all um, the crappy bits. And then, just to make make it even more French. They've got a guy in a beret wearing onions or something. I don't oh know. But, no, they don't. But I get it, I get what he was trying to say, but I don't think he came across in a particularly eloquent no, way. Um the game looked nice. It looked quite polished. The the game was they kept saying the game was alive, so the NPCs they were they've got built in this new um kind of feature which is crowd mode so you can have up to I think they said it's like 300 or maybe 30 oh no uh, crowd physics so you can have up to 300 different characters all doing something different right okay um so the so the levels feel more alive they kept saying that the game was alive that's obviously the buzzword of the week yeah that was in bunny ears uh and it just it looked was it, really was nice. it gameplay footage or was it like trailer footage? Or? Yeah, it was gameplay footage, but it wasn't someone actually playing it live there. It was just recorded gameplay footage. Okay, so, so I've got a couple of important questions because people may or may not know this about me, but I absolutely love the Hitman franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and Well, love is strong. Well, loved is probably better. Um, previously, so Hitman 1, to an extent 2, the third one, I, I just I absolutely love the idea behind them, but all of them following Hitman 1, felt a bit flat for me uh-huh. and it was the attention to detail and care that went into the first game yeah. that really really shone See, silly now, things now like, an interesting thing about that 
is part of part of the demo that he was showing was you early on in the level you sneak a gun a silenced pistol into a box of vegetables and then you forget about it right. later on in your waiting gear you want or butler gear you you get frisked now you see someone another butler or waiter walk upstairs with this box box of vegetables he takes it up blah 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 you get frisked by security before you go upstairs um and then you could go retrieve your gun now what i quite liked about the demo is it was quite responsive is that the right word possibly responsive so you you have the security guards walk behind you um and then as they walk round, you kind of move the gun out of sight and move it behind oh, you. Oh, what? You guys can't so, see me, but I'm acting this out. Oh, no, well no, but I get time. what you mean. So, like, procedurally, so move, yeah. procedurally, your character moves his arms around based on the field of vision of the NPCs so yeah, they can't awareness. see what he's got in his hand. That's really, that's a really nice touch. Hmm. Um, and, I mean, that looked quite cool, and it looked quite nice to see that it sort of... It looks like they'd put more thought into it than possibly. Well, it means you can have games. a weapon in your hand because in previous, in, in normally in games like that, you're either carrying a weapon or if you want to conceal it, you put it away. Yeah. Like you hide it somewhere. The idea of him having it in his hand but also concealing it, right, that really quite appeals to me. But mm. it's those kind of touches that always made the Hitman games really, really excel. Silly, silly things. All of like, them. You've got a tech. Not all of them. You've got a table. Like it, it, I'm going back to the first Hitman game because it's it's my my favourite probably um, you've got a table full of items in front of you you push pick up to pick up a weapon or a piece of ammo or something and the, the hitman's arm will go out and procedurally move to the exact spot where that item is and pick it up and then put it in his pocket and then the next one and then the next one and his hand is actually moving to the exact position so they're not pre-made animations it's a procedural animation that's going to the exact right spot same with opening doors same with you know all of this kind of stuff and it feels like you're doing it it feels like you're in the world uh, and fabrics flowed around you and all this kind of stuff and the rag dolls. It was the first game that I'd seen all of those really brilliant tools all put together in one place and it made it really immersive and brilliant. And then you've got the latest one, which, do you know what? I can't even remember what it's called. It's called Hitman Bollocks or something like that. Um, Absolution, is it? Absolution, yeah. Well, not only is it the worst Hitman game, it's gen one of the worst games I've ever played. Absolutely fucking even dire. Wor- even more worse than Duke Nukem Forever? Yeah, I, you know what? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, yeah, I think I played Duke Nukem Forever for long more than I played this oh, Hitman man. game. Wow. It was it was just awful. Down to stupid things like you sling a body over your back and you creep up to a locker to put the body in. Now, in previous Hitman games, you'd reach out with your other hand and open the locker and then stuff the body in. In this one, you walk up to the locker, push a button, and the locker just opens by magic because barcode on the back of your head gives you psionic powers. And then he stuffs the guy in and it magically closes again. And when you walk up to doors, you push the open button and the doors just open without you reaching out and grabbing them. And it's just like, if you could do this in the first game that you made with, like, the shitty consoles and the shitty PCs that were out at the time, why can you not do it now? Yeah. It just, it just screams of lack of attention to detail and, and lack of caring to me. But anyway, new mini rant. good. Mini rounds. Hopefully, the new one's gone back to basics. Well, my kind of hope is that because they're just calling it Hitman, I'm kind of hoping that reboot. that it's a reboot. It's it's going back to. I don't, and I don't think it is a reboot because I think it's a continuation of the story. Yeah. But I, I my hope is that it's a kind of reboot in a way that they're going back to the basics, like some other games there actually. But it's like Tomb Raider. Yeah. 
so Tomb Raider was just called Tomb Raider. Granted, it was a reboot as well, but it was going back to basics, reinventing the game and making it making it something really, really good. Anyway, next March. Apparently. Next March. Yeah, they considering push. it wasn't playable. Next March is a big ask, I think. Well, I the, think that's the, probably that's, yeah. that's after putting the date back as well. Yeah, that's probably going to slip, isn't it? Yeah, I would imagine that so. That sounds like a date that's like far enough away that we don't have to worry too much. That we don't have to worry about moving it back too yeah. much. Yeah, I'm still interested in it, um, but time will tell. But it's interesting that you found it interesting, Lewis, because you're not particularly into Hitman games, are you? Not, not especially. I played the first couple of games, and I've never really bothered with any of the newer ones. So. No, the newer ones are effectively like the first couple of games, only that you can't be bothered with stealth, so you just run in with a big gun and shoot everybody to death. Ah, right, okay. That's basically how Hitman works now. Okay, eight. so then the next one that I've just generated... Sorry, what do you want to say, Lee? Eight. Eight, it's not eight. Stop, stop shouting numbers. You are not a random number generator. You are Lee. So, then, right, so I've randomly generated number 28. I'm going to let you guys sit there and look at that for a moment. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> right, it's worth mentioning right off the bat that we didn't play this. Right? It might be worth mentioning uh, also the uh, the length of some of the queues for well, some of these titles. Yeah, I think we'll probably talk about that in a moment, but we uh, we didn't play this game. We did actually hear good things about it. What was, what was the... Oh, I've forgotten the guy's name that we spoke to quite a few times while we were there. And he was saying that it's great, that it's actually really good and it's got brilliant flow. So this is Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, and they were there and they had a stand for what it was worth. It didn't really work <laughs> properly. It's, I think probably if you played it, you would maybe argue that actually it was fine. But we heard some terrible, terrible things about this. And there were entire sections of the, of the four day, the long weekend, where this, this just didn't work. The we game just up. broke. What time, was it Saturday or Sunday we rocked up at Saturday, three? I think it was. Yeah, we rocked up at about three o'clock and they said, no, you can't get in. This, yeah, bearing in mind that EGX shuts at six. six. Yeah. 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 And we rocked up at three and there wasn't even a very long queue. There must have been pff, 30 people in the queue, something like that. And, uh, and they said, no, we're not going to be able to fit any more people in today. And we didn't understand. <laughs> we were looking at it going, do you get to play the whole game? Is that why, is that why it takes so long? <laughs> it turns out each of these games has got a cooldown timer. So when they, they bring a bunch of people in, they play, and then um, there's a bit of a cooldown, and then, and then the next group of people come in and play. Now, for whatever reason, and granted this is hearsay because we didn't stand there and count it, but basically, as far as we, as far as we know, Mirror's Edge Catalyst had a forced 20-minute cooldown timer between play sessions. So effectively, a group of people would go in, finish playing the game, and then come out, and then the people who were running the stand had to wait around for 20 minutes while these people are itching their asses in the queue before they could let anybody else in to play it. I have absolutely no idea why that is the case, but it effectively meant that during the entire four-day weekend, about 20 people got to play this game. <laughs> they, they were really happy people, but they pissed off a hell of a lot more people. They, yeah, I mean, they were really. It's worth mentioning that the the people that we spoke to that, that were running the display, they were really nice. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't off. They weren't nasty about the experience or anything. Very apologetic. They were apologetic, yeah. and uh, you know, they were they were very professional in what they were doing. But they were, I think, they were hamstrung by the quality of the game, the code, the setup, whatever it was. But uh, I'm pretty sure that on the Friday, the whole thing was down for the majority of the day, and, no, and, and, and you know, almost was, nobody got they, to play it. They couldn't. They didn't get it up until one o'clock on Saturday. Sounds like me. And then, <laughs> 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 da ding. 
<laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a mess. Yeah, pretty much. There's not much else that we can't, said about it. We can't really it. say about it. I mean, we had, we spoke to one guy there who had played it. He said, if you like Mirror's Edge, it's definitely worth playing because they fixed an awful lot of the problems that you had with the original Mirror's Edge game. Unfortunately, they haven't fixed the bugs. <laughs> but, well, what are you going to do? So that was Mir- Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Let's not talk about that anymore because uh, we, we didn't play it. All right, next up we've got 19. Oh, this is a good one to talk Whee. about. Yeah, we've got a good one. Uh, okay, Lewis, you can talk about this. Um, so this is Tom Clancy's The Division. This is the game that at one point had four-hour queues. Unbelievable. But I mean, it's not its not their fault, I don't think. No, it's, it's not unbelievable. the fault of Ubisoft. Luckily for us. Um, and having spoken to some of the guys there, I know how busy they were working. Um, oh, they were absolutely working their asses off. There was no standing around and chatting or mucking around. They were flat out from right at the beginning of the day to right at the end of the day. I don't Pretty know how much. they did it. I mean, we we were lucky enough to get in and get on it uh, on the first round of the day at 10am. Yep. And by the time we got to, by the time we'd sat down and got back up, uh, having played our what was it, 10 minute round? Yep. There was already an hour queue. Yep. Mm. I, think they, I think they said at the point that we walked out, it was about an hour to an hour and a half queue already. Yeah. And we'd only been in there 10 minutes. It was such a popular game, but I think it's worth mentioning at this point that we saw this in quite a lot of games. I mean, d- different, the different, some of the different displays were handling this differently, but um, I really think they oversubscribed ticket sales this year. Yeah. I, and I don't think that they communicated the quantities of people very well to people like Ubisoft who were going to be running these stands because it was heaving. They were equipped for a certain number of people, and they were equipped to get through a certain number of people. But the amount of people there was absolutely ludicrous. And even some of the indie games just weren't expecting the amount of attention that they got in one go, and they couldn't handle it. I mean, the poor girl that was at the, the one of the indie game section looked like she was about to faint. She had no idea what to do with herself. But The Division was possibly, out of the AAA title games, possibly had the longest queue and was the most anticipated game that we saw there. Yeah, I think it's because it's a slightly new, in the grand scheme of things, it's a new IP Whilst it's still a Tom Clancy game, it's new in... It's not a sequel of anything, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, it's new and fresh and jazzy. Now, I think we've got split opinions on this game, haven't we? Yeah. So, for those people who haven't seen what this game is, because I really hadn't seen very much about it before, it's a weird kind of uh, pseudo-co-op-slash-online versus game that that tries to mix a Left 4 Dead style... No, not really Left 4 Dead style, but a kind of co-op shooter element team shooter team shooter element tactical team shooter element with a tactical pvp element but it's not strictly pvp because you don't have to fight with the other teams now granted this is in the game mode that we were playing and there are other game modes and i don't know much about the other game modes and it's such a vast game that it's really difficult to get an idea of how the entire thing is going to play just by playing a 10 minute segment but at the beginning of this 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was that we were playing, we had this great kind of run-up where we're moving through these desolated streets. And I don't know the backstory for the game, but it looked kind of semi-post-apocalyptic or at least run down to me. Mm. And you're moving your way and we were moving as a squad through these streets. And it's worth noting that the movement and the the taking cover and the tactical advancing and all the rest of it, that's brilliant. It was seamless, wasn't it? What was yeah. great about that was the communication that we had as well. Yeah, the, the communication. And every stand, this is... a one of the brilliant things that Ubisoft did this year every group of three people had their own 
kind of Ubisoft ambassador who has stood next to them with a headset on, with the microphone on, talking coaching us it. through, yeah, coaching us, talking us through what was going on, the backstory, why we were doing what we were doing, the area that we're in, why we need to be moving forward, you know, all of this kind of stuff. It was a great little touch and it really good kind job, of... Ubi. Yeah, really, really good. Got you into the game. Because when you've only got 15, 10 or 15 minutes like that, it's really easy to get turned around. Mm, and yeah there was a goal to doing what you needed to do and they really wanted to make sure people got there yeah that being said the uh, the bit that we really liked was uh, that first section where we were you know going through the streets and uh, taking down the NPCs and then we got to the middle see that was a bit weird and I think we had different opinions of this particular part of the game Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, right. So to start, to start with, and and to, to see, we didn't even really know this until the guy told us. So we're we're moving our way through the streets, and we're all feeling quite good. You know, we all liked that bit of the game, didn't we? Yeah. And we're Hardly all kind died. Of, we're tactically moving around, and we're taking out these guys, and it was really quite good. It was. It, it felt like a really solid, well polished game. And then we're coming up on this kind of more open area, that with what looks like a helipad in the centre of it. Dang this the, is... um, the, the level was uh, laid out like the spokes of a wheel. Yeah, so yeah. all the teams, the other teams are three. We're approaching from different spokes yes. to this central point. Now, we didn't know this at the time. And then the guy suddenly says to us, so by the way, all the other people that are sat down right now are also playing in this level. So all the other, what was it, six or something teams yeah. are all in this level. And you're all about to meet each other. Now, you're all technically on the same side because you're all these rebels or whatever. And there will be waves of bad guys to turn up. And this is an extraction point. So effectively, you've got to pick up gear, you've got to pick up equipment, get as much of this this loot as you can, and then get extracted. Now, these other teams, they don't have to shoot you, but they can. Oh, and they did. Fucking God. <laughs> it was an absolute... It was like playing on Xbox Live all over again. It was... An, on, on the couple of occasions that we desperately tried not to shoot these guys, we were trying to be really, really nice, and then suddenly you turn around, and one of the guys that we'd been kind of working with and helping him fight these other people, he'd just go on board now, turn around, shoot one of us in the head with a shotgun. <laughs> you know that was uh, Chris and Lauren, don't you? Yeah. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, it was that kind of Lauren makes from sense. Big Red Barrel. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Afterwards and said, oh, I shot you in the head with a big <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> but, I don't know, I, even in that PvP bit, it still played really well. It I can't good. fault the play, I can't fault the game, the graphics, the movement, the tactical... It, it's got this brilliant blend of um, turn-based strategy, strategy, kind of tactically placing your people around, and third-person shooting. So it's got it's managed to kind of blend somewhere in the middle there, which I find really good. But um, I, I really wasn't taken by the the experience shift. I really liked the NPC part, but then when it shifted into the PvP bit, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, the the um, the problem we had was um, that the guy that was uh, coaching us said, "Right, when he turns red, he's gone rogue. You can oh, shoot yeah. him." Yeah, yeah. So we look across. There's a guy, red bar above his head. Okay, let's start shooting him. I've gone rogue. What's going on? And he yeah. says, no, 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 That's uh, you've gone rogue because you shot him. Oh, yeah, I know, but he's gone red. No, 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 that's his health bar. Yeah, so a guy, we saw a guy <laughs> and we thought he was red because he'd gone rogue, but actually his health was low, so he had a red health bar. <laughs> and we were like, fuck you, dude. And he was just like, no. It was fun. It was a fun game to play. I've got to commend Ubisoft for the, for the show that they put on and the job that they did. I'm not entirely convinced that that was the right section of game to show people. I do think it's going to be a good game from what we saw. From what it we saw good. and for the play, as long as that's not the entire game, if there is a campaign mode where you're effectively doing that bit at the beginning with three of you or however many of you, I, I would absolutely love it. Would be yeah, yeah, I would Same absolutely point. love it. March 8th, 2016. 
Is it really? Mm. Still seems like quite a long time, considering it was. It looked basically finished. Yeah. Uh, they just. I uh, again talking to one of the guys from Ubisoft. They apparently they just plucked a section of gameplay. Right. Okay. At random. There we go. That'll do. This, <laughs> this is the bit that's finished the most. You right. Could, okay. You guys can play that. I mean, it was one of the online game modes, wasn't it? So. Yeah. It was. I. I. I it's not re- really reflective of what the actual finished product is going to be like in terms of the entire gameplay experience but it's really worth mentioning the mechanics and all the rest of it i i liked personally it. loved it yeah i don't i don't, I don't I like first person it. shooters and i absolutely loved it and it's probably going to be one of the games that i pick up when hmm. uh when it comes out i thought no, i i did and the more i think about it the more i think about the mechanics and the play style and all the rest of it the way that they managed to blend different types of, of games and it's t- I mean Tom Clancy games are always very tactical anyway aren't they but yeah. it's taken the best elements of because I played some god awful Tom Clancy games Advanced Warfire was just fucking shocking um, but it's taken that and mixed it with other games that play a lot better and managed to hit this sweet spot that I really enjoy playing didn't like the PvP element but that's a different matter I'm sure there's going to be tons of different game modes in, in it that aren't going to necessarily have that or yeah. I'll just get better at it I won't be as pissed off when people kill me got grief written all over it, isn't it? Yeah, it really, it really, really <laughs> has. It was one of those things where people don't have to shoot you, some text, but they fucking will. <laughs> but they will. They absolutely will. Um, no, it was, it, it was good. It's not going to appeal to everybody, but I think they've done a pretty good job because I am generally not interested in Tom Clancy games, and I am interested in this. So I think then that's pretty much done its that's job, really, hasn't it? Yeah, that's a win for them. I'm randomly randoming. It is... Oh... Hmm. <laughs> Just Cause 3. Yay! It's number 5. Okay, right. This is this is special, isn't it? And I say that in a very camp way. This is special, isn't it, Lee? This is great. This uh they had the stand of the show for me or the experience yeah. of the show for so me. So we this year we do we've got our game of the show. So we've got a, the game of the show that we've all agreed on is Vermintide this year. But we decided that we're going to do a pick of the show each for each of us that was there. That can't be Vermintide. Uh, that can't be Vermintide for obvious reasons. That would be stupid. Um, so Lee's is this. It's great. Which really surprised me actually because you didn't seem that interested in it before we went exactly in. What I, said. I wasn't interested before we went in at all. And in fact, when we sat down um, and uh, took our places in in a in a nice little row, um, you two started blowing shit up. Uh, with glee on your faces and, <laughs> and I pressed the wrong button yeah you went into like the story mode or a I mission mode I went into story mode I'm not entirely sure I don't think I was you're supposed, supposed to, be to be able to do that because I didn't have any other options I just had like the demo option to, to carry on with the game yeah you had resume yeah. And, I, yeah, I, yeah. and I went back one and pressed start new game which on the downside meant that I had to sit through some cutscenes but on the upside means that I sat through shit that you didn't get to see yeah that's very true uh, the first, the first part of it was a bit tricky, and because I didn't know what the controls were, what the hell I was doing, and I've never played Just Cause games before. Uh, yeah. Have now bought the other two. Oh, um, have you off the back of this? Off of the back of this. What a marketing experience then. Bought the other two today. Um, I loved it. it <laughs> I've got. I mean, Lewis, what did you think of this? Um, to be honest, I wasn't overly taken by it. It just felt like another Shut Just Cause game. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it might be different if you've played Just Cause before, because I, I have pl- I played a bit of Just Cause two previously, and again, I wasn't particularly taken by that. It it it's a, a solid game. It's just not my kind of game. 
No, I get I don't it. Know it's, why. it's like prototype. I mean, if you if you've played something like prototype I, or I played that, didn't really get on with it. I thought I found it more like Far Cry. But yeah, drugs. it's got that kind of feeling because of the island setting and, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. But um, it's, worth, it's worth mentioning that before we even got into play the game, they had this kind of presentation, which I loathe. You know, to start with, I, I'm just kind of like, oh, God, presentation? What? Just let me play the game. Actually, it was really entertaining. Yeah, it was good, yeah. And the guys that were running the stand were really on form and they were very energetic and they were talking to everybody, explaining what the game was, giving you history, showed us a kind of video and they were talking over the video and stuff like that. And it just added to the experience and made it and made it something more than just sitting down and playing a game and shuffling you off. It didn't feel like you were in a conveyor belt. Am I right in saying that this was the only game that we actually queued for? Um, kind, kind of. of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Oh, wow. There was a small quantity of sweet talking involved. But <laughs> what about? Yeah, no, we we actually queued for a few games. They but, gave uh, us freebies as well. I think we figuratively queued for this. Yeah, we got, we all got a, a Google um, Gla- um, cardboard. cardboard cardboard thing, which I is a really nice touch. Everybody. Oh, they gave us a Google Glass. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. That's just wrong. That's like a thousand pounds worth of stuff. Um, no, they gave everybody a Google Cardboard, and that's a really good touch actually because they're bringing out a kind of tie-in app, and it's not a tie. It's not one of those companion apps that you get, to my understanding. It's a tie-in app to help promote the game before it comes out. And it's the wing. It's a wingsuit experience. A VR it? wingsuit experience. Yes, yeah, so because one of the additions that they've had to this particular game is that they put a wingsuit in. So in, in previous Just Cause games, you you had a parachute, and it was like this magical parachute that you could deploy and retract, deploy and retract. And in this one, they've also got a wingsuit. I it took me five odd minutes of really, really trying between the zipline thing and the wingsuit to to try and get the wingsuit to work. And to start with, I was just like, this is just fucking broken. This game's bullshit. <laughs> and I was zooming around everywhere, trying to get this fucking... And, I, and then I did it. And it, it was me that was doing the wrong thing to start with. But And then I hit it. I was, oh, Jesus, amazing. <laughs> it's so good. The addition of the wingsuit to this game completely changes the dynamic of the game. On top completely. of the upgraded... Uh grappling hook as the, well. Gra- yeah, the upgraded grappling hook which you can tether things together with and then and then make them kind of crash together and stuff like that. But you can do multiple grappling hooks, like you can add three, four, five of these tethers between two items and then retract them which squashes these two items together. You can rip down walls of buildings, you can rip down towers, statues, you can make cars slam together, pedestrians hit each other. It is, and, and the wingsuit, I mean, getting around the map before, was never massively difficult. You had the parachute, you had all this kind of stuff. But the parachute isn't very quick. Uh, you can get in vehicles and you can drive around, but again, then you're on the ground. The addition of the wingsuit makes it makes it so you can really, really skim across the landscape, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it was that's another very huge pretty. thing. Did you drive through any fields? Yes. Good uh, grief! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what kind of PCs or what they were playing on. But you drive through these fields, and they've got sunflower fields or, or whatever. Lavender. Know, field, and yeah, lavender like and stuff like that. You drive through these fields, and it leaves tracks of ruined vegetation behind you and kicks them up into the air behind you. So you'll have kind of like lavender pollen or whatever behind you and stuff like that. It's, it just looks great. It's a, it's a really, really nice, explosive, stupid, over-the-top, entertaining game. Mm, that's, what, that, that's what I thought of it. And they put on a great show. They had a good stand. I think if you're not into Just Cause, if it's not your kind of thing, if you've played the previous game, you're like, meh, then this isn't going to set your world on fire. First person open environment, you know, sandbox game. Well, this was third person open environment. Sorry, that's what I mean. 
their first person. <laughs> you're thinking, you're thinking fuck Which up. I would normally would want it to be first person. I'm not normally a third person uh, type of player. I'm not a Tomb Raider. Um, no, but I think because like in this one you jump out the cars and you can yeah, stand on the roof. So you can see yourself. It's yeah, oh, yeah. It's just brilliant. It's just great. It. The wingsuit is so much better because of it and, and all the rest of it. I know Lewis wasn't massively taken by it, but this kind of game is quite dis- divisive a lot of the time. I loved. It. I thought it was great. I thought. I really genuinely thought that it was a really good experience, and I'll be getting the game. The next game on our random number generator is number five. Mm. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, oh. Uh, okay. This game is as broken as I feel at the moment. <laughs> or that, that Louis, demo. It's a Louis Lewis set simulator. They didn't do themselves very much justice here. And again, this is another one of the examples where the guys running the stand, great guys, nice, you know, they were fine, they didn't have any problems themselves. It's just they weren't really working with the best thing in the world. This is Call of Duty Black Ops 3. And it doesn't really matter what we say about this this game. There'll be a bunch of people out there that will just go out and buy it anyway. So I feel absolutely fine about slating. I the fuck hope out of the it. game's not going to be like what we play. <sighs> so is it, right. So to right. start with, to hang start on. with, hang on. Do we say, all like Call of Duty? Because I do. I like. Call I like Call of Duty. No, I like Call of Duty. No, no, no. I no, prefer hang the on, modern warfare on, games. The, this this demo was broken. Oh but yeah. It is demo code at the end. Yes, of the it day. is. We yeah, can't yeah. slate it. It's no. not going to be indicative of the end. It's not going to be. Um, it's not going to be the, the finished product. Well, the only reason most not. of us, the yeah. only reason most of us played it, is because there was no queue, and we'd have looked stupid for if not we, playing yeah, it. If we went and to EGX and stuff. didn't play the latest Call of Duty game, we'd look like fucking idiots, really, wouldn't we? And mm. I've got to be honest as well. Last year, and this is one of the major reasons I did this. Last year, they had Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare. And I had such immensely low expectations of that game, uh, and I queued up, and I went in, and I played it, and I gave it game of the show, because it blew me away so much, and I had such a brilliant time playing it, that it it completely shocked me, because I really wasn't expecting to. So this year, I thought, you know what, I've got to be fair, I've got to give it a crack, because I thought the same thing last year, I thought it was going to be kind of rubbish, and just another cookie-cutter Call of Duty game, and actually, I really, really enjoyed it. This year was completely the opposite experience. <laughs> it was totally the other end of the spectrum. I'm not as fond of the Black Ops games as I am of the Modern Warfare games anyway. But effectively, this is a... The Black Ops guys... And I don't think that there's as much of a division now between the Black Ops side and the Modern Warfare side as maybe they used to be. But this is effectively the people that make the Black Ops side of the franchise going, Oh, they did really well with that Advanced Warfare thing. Let's copy them. <laughs> And the thing is, it doesn't even look like Call of Duty. The characters look like they're from Destiny, or they look like they're from Halo. Mm. They've got like these weird, very colourful, kind of Spartan-esque suits on. Um, and it's all mo- you know, futuristic and advanced and, and all the rest of it. It didn't look, feel, play or anything like a Call of Duty game. And it was dull. <laughs> it wasn't... It wasn't Bad. The experience was bad. I mean, because it was broken, and we all crashed out, and everybody was, you know, at some point or another, everybody sure crashed my, out of that game. My PS3 just crashed back to my. Yes, I think it was PS4. Mine was crashed uh, when I sat yeah. down. Yeah, and there was a bunch of people that were actually sat there that had been sat there for about three or four rounds because they'd never actually managed to complete a round because the the console or the game kept crashing on them. 
and kept kicking them out. It's now again, PS4 we said, it was on, wasn't it? yeah, it was a PS4. It's, we can't, you know, we can't slate the game because of that because it will come out, and it, I'm sure it'll be fixed. However, the the experience was kind of bad, but also just in general. I like the, I like what they tried to do. They've added classes to the game. Um, they tried to make it so that there's, you know, each class has got a different special ability. Some of them can jump and double jump. Some of them can do some parkour. Some of them can slide. Some of them got big weapons. It's dull. It's just dull. It was just a, it was a dull game. I didn't particularly like it. It was it was dull. You say that the being broken is not a problem, or the the, the uh, demo code being broken is not a problem. But this comes out. 6th of November this year. Does That's it really? not a lot of time for them to fix what was going wrong there. Really? Yep. I did not realise it was that soon. Well, actually, the fact that it was thoroughly broken is massively relevant then. Mm. <laughs> I just... Well, I mean, I mean, I didn't have huge expectations. I was hoping, because I really enjoyed the game that I played last year. But it was just... <sighs> Yeah, it was cookie cutter. It's back to Very did something so. really new and different with Advanced Warfare, which worked for me and I quite liked it. But um, it looks like they've basically tried to continue that and they've cookie cuttered it all over again. We all walked off with the same look on our faces as well. It, it was, was like, just, just oh, we had to really? play. Yeah, we had at to one, play it. At one point, the guy said to me, "Oh, do you want to do you want to try again?" I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen everything I need to see, and I think they'd had that all weekend, and they were a bit drained and all the rest of it. I mean, they were they were very nice guys again, but they worked with what they had. I feel bad for for the people trying to to promote these games because ultimately they're trying to sell you shit. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of occasions they were they really were, and they were trying their best, but it was a dull game. It was buggy. It was. I didn't feel invested in it. I didn't feel entertained by the gameplay. It wasn't anything new. What um, this kind of highlights for me is that a lot of these demos are all multiplayer demos. Now, yeah, now that was a big thing. We did mention that at the time, didn't we? That's what I... I don't like the Call of Duty... I'm the one person in the world that doesn't like Call of Duty games for the multiplayer. No, you're I the same as me. I will happily sit and play the single-player campaign. I'm happier in single-player. I would rather play a single-player demo, even if it looked the way that it did, I would rather play 10 minutes of a level of a single-player game I think than I would play against audiences other people. A large, four, a large problem of what you get when you're playing a Call of Duty game is that there are some people, like us, who are kind of interested in Call of Duty and interested in what might have happened in the next step of the franchise, but we don't want our experience to be marred by those die-hard players that do nothing but play Call of Duty, and by virtue of that are just going to be good at the game by default. And there were some people that we saw playing this game that were just wiping the floor with everybody else. Mm. And it's one of those things where you sit there and think, is this really a good idea for a demo? Because... People are going to be put off by the fact that they're just getting trashed by these other people. Now, I'd like to highlight that that wasn't necessarily my experience. I did all right in it. And that's, well, no, coming from the other side of things, that's why I didn't want to play anymore. Because you talk about all these great kind of special abilities. I didn't get the opportunity to use any of those because I was dead most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I did kill one person. It's probably you, Louis. I did okay. Uh, no, I, I actually did. I do okay in these kind of multiplayer games. However, I'm with you guys. I would much rather play the single player, and I always find the single player way more polished. They've got gorgeous set pieces a lot of the time. Um, they've got, 
you know, much more interactive gameplay, and it's not just running around and shooting people. You might be sneaking through an area, you might be on a boat that's capsizing, you know, there's much more variety of gameplay to be had in the single-player campaign, and you don't get to see any of that when they're just doing multiplayer. But it, I think it's because an awful lot of people just play these games for the multiplayer, so that's what they want to show off. But previously... I mean, the co-op modes in a lot of these games, the spec ops modes that were in the earlier, well, not in the earlier, but in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare games were great. The uh, the zombie modes that were in the Black Ops games, they were also great, but they were co-op experiences, and I think I really like them because of that. The zombies in this one. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Anyway, I don't think we need to dwell on it too much, but it I was... think I'll probably end up getting it. I'll get it when it's cheaper. Yeah, I'm maybe. not going to rush out and buy it when, it when it first comes out, but I think that's possibly me with most Call of Duty games. Um, I must admit, I rushed. I did rush out and buy Modern Warfare. I bought Modern Warfare 1 after recommendation. I bought Modern Warfare 2 uh, because I love Modern Warfare 1. Modern Warfare 2 had the co-op mode in it, the Spec Ops mode, which I absolutely if loved. Th- if this and has a co-op mode, then, then we'll get it. We? Well, I've got to be honest as well, though, because Advanced Warfare trashed the co-op mode. Yeah. I'm hoping they put it back in this one. So I don't think they will because it's Black Ops. Idiots. <laughs> so there you go. Anyway, we had to talk about it because it was there. It was kind of dull. If you like Call of Duty, wh- whatever we say isn't going to make a blind bit of difference to you. You would have bought this game anyway. We could say that effectively the controller floats in front of your face and takes a turd on your chest and you'd still buy this game. So <laughs> really, I don't think it matters all that much. I probably would have had a better experience had it done that. <laughs> really? Okay. That floats your boat, does it? No, the, that's how little I I liked Call of Duty. It was just meh. It was just meh. I was I no, just I, I just wasn't. That's how about. little I I enjoyed that experience of Call of Duty. Hmm. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> right, look, uh, we've talked about an awful lot of games on this on this particular section of the uh, of the EGX pod. There's so many. There's just too many games to talk about, and I really don't think that we're going to get through all of them. There's some real big gems that I really want to talk about next time round but I, I think that we need to cut this in half and we need to uh, we need to talk about the rest of it another time otherwise people are going to get burnt out least of all us so we're going to go we're going to call it a day today hopefully you've enjoyed hearing about some of the games that we've seen at EGX we're going to pop out another episode very shortly with the next section of games that we've seen there's some real monsters in there not least of which is the uh, the VR experiences that we've had while we've been there. Um, and a great game in which you get to uh, tell whether uh, the, the noise is a man or a goat. So, <laughs> and that's an important thing that we have to talk about. So we're going we're gonna to go. I think we're going to call it a night. Are we all happy to stop there? Yeah. No. Yes. Shut up. You're, you're, God, you're, you're still supposed to be in the hazing phase. Oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we're going to stop there. Thank you very much for listening. We're going to come back very shortly with another round of games that we've seen at EGX, some big beasts and some little indie games. So thank you for listening. I have been Rich. You can find me at Zebwen, that's Z-E-B-W-E-N on Twitter. You can find Lewis at... Uh, Louis underscore Kong. You can find Lee at... Z-Z-L-E-Z-Z. Z-Z-L-E-Z-Z. Yes, me. And collectively you can find us all at ReadyP2 or at ReadyPlayer2, that's T-W-O.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening. A huge thank you to the uh, the guys at the Palace of Wisdom, um, Mr. Chris Coleman and Assorted Extras, who are our affiliates and are hosting us on their website, and who we met at EGX this year, and who are very excitable <laughs> mm. and and 
running around all over the place and doing uh, and doing lots of interviews and seeing lots of people. I'm pretty sure that they came out of the whole experience just as knackered as we did. Um, and we are going to go. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Banana. Did you say banana? <laughs> yes. It's, it's important that you say banana. That's it's I a key. actually said kiwi. But it, did, oh, no, it's, it's, I said it's, banana. It's a critical piece of podcast synchronization. <laughs> I can't count. Why have you put Psy uh, the... in for Elite Dangerous? Elite Dangerous. Because they were cocks. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Louis, I can't believe how bad you sound. By the way, this is something that I meant to ask all weekend, right? Lewis, are you Lewis or are you Louis? Yeah, I Lewis. wanted to ask that. Yeah, because I've never... Right, all weekend you were calling him Louis. Yeah, but and he's not... Never... The, the, the problem is, is people see it on Facebook and Twitter and they just assume that that's what my name is. Okay, that's fine. But for purposes oh, of the podcast, so it's Lewis. Right it's at Lewis, the beginning yeah. of this podcast, I've got to get used to calling you something else. <laughs> what, his name? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've not seen his birth certificate, so... It's literally just one letter different. There's another break. You you don't need to keep announcing that there's another break every time. No? Okay. Just leave like Flatline. a couple of seconds leave. and then that's it. Why, is it embarrassing you? Well, no, it doesn't make any difference to me, but... It makes me a little uncomfortable. Silence! Oh, tilt brush. No, if it's going to be anything, it's certainly not going to be fucking tilt brush. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. Wait, wait, no, wait. No, it's not the underwater one either. Anyway, choose do. eight. 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 <laughs> choose eight. It's random. It's random. I'm randomly generating. Dude, you, you can just say it and so, say it. I, just, I might just delete man or goat. <laughs> yeah. No, don't talk about it. it. Don't talk about it. It's secret. Right, okay. <laughs> we need an editor. Quick. Moving on. <laughs> um, Lee, what's this reminder for? Uh, what, the Lewis? Yeah. To call you Lewis. Oh, right. Okay, fine. <laughs> Rather than Louis. All right, cool. But nice just being nice, yeah, nice people. Yeah. But the most lurgy. Yeah, most, but I'm not gonna, just going to give the most lurgy of the show. That's like, here's the runner-up prize. <laughs> we need to stop being so nice about everyone. What is this? What even but, is this? You don't remember On this. the way back to the car. <laughs> Sonic versus the bus. Oh, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> I'm not talking about the bus ride out of EGX. God. I was amazed that you left it in. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. Because it says Sonic, I thought it was a game. Well, she was dressed in a Sonic onesie. Oh, what were you going to do? Only barely. Moving on. Man or go. Man or go. Man or go. He's very quiet, isn't he? Who, Lewis? I think he's muted his microphone. Right, no, I'm Chris. Li- oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because he's not here, Lee. Ah. I know this is a difficult concept for you. Ah, I struggle with these things. You holding up all right there, Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <sighs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.